What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the scorecard. The boxing bring your scorecard and an explanation, not just simply your, your opinion. Last good match at the 154-pound division. A couple of good matches, actually. We'll speak on those afterwards. The main event of the evening was Sebastian Fundora versus um, Mr. Ocampo. <laughs> now, to give their proper... Uh, I'm starting first with the challenger, um, and his full name is Carlos C. Manriquez. And his nickname is Kema. I have no idea. H E M A. He's Mexican, so I'm assuming. Uh, so I'm assuming that's a, something in Mexican. Maybe someone in the chat can pull that up for me. What does I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that properly? C H E M A. Anyways, that is uh, he goes by. Very good boxer. Thirty-four wins, twenty-two knockouts with. Only two losses. Mr. Ocampo fought uh, um, Earl Spence back in 2018. But it was competitive up until it got stopped. He also fought a uh, Canadian, Michael Zuski, to go and beat him in Montreal, too. So that was a good win for him. Um, Fundora. Sebastian Alexander Fundora. His nickname is the Tower. And he is. <laughs> At 154 pounds, six foot five, six foot five and a half, 154 pounds. There, and you'll see, uh, you'll see the height difference in a minute once the slides, slides get get going. Mouthball. Now, the tough thing about uh, about the towering inferno, you know, he kind of defies, he kind of defies the the. Um, Rules. Hopefully, we can get, get those slides going in a second here. Um, he kind of defies the um, of a, how a tall person is supposed to fight because he's six foot, basically six foot six, but is actually fighting more on the inside. As you can see, the difference here. Oh, up, not you know. Usually, even if you fight a taller person, you your eyes just have to look up. When you physically have to to look at your opponent, that's a different kind of height. To, to deal with. Fandora is twenty has twenty wins with thirteen knockouts, only one with one draw. He's had some uh, some some good tests earlier on. Big win is probably his biggest win was his, his his previous fight against Erickson Lubin was was one of the top top prospects coming up. He still is a good prospect coming up. He has two two tough losses. He's still on the way up, um, he also beat. Who else did he beat? I'm looking at his box. Uh, well, not, not too many big names on his record, but he definitely does pass. Um, you know, sometimes if a guy, you know, it doesn't have the record to to show that he's very good, so to go by the eye test and just look at them. Um, and so get into the match now. The final score, final score, let me get the final score up here, was one, one judge had it 117-111, the other judge had it 118, the other judge had it 119-118. Uh, to 
109. Uh, my scorecard was 11 for Mr. Fundora. And, and I will go through the, the, and I'm using my phones. So hopefully I can, can uh, spin. Um, so round one, the first three rounds were kind of interesting because, you know, I just talked about how, how, uh, Fundora, even the obvious height and reach difference, um, he, he doesn't like to use that height and reach. Kind of, it kind of messes with you if you think about it. Like if if you're a shorter opponent, you know, as a your shorter opponent to get on the inside of the of of the taller of the, but when you're when you're fighting someone like Fundora, that works opposite for you because his inside. But at the same time, it does give the shorter boxer, you know, more of an opportunity. But you're going to take some punishment doing that. Anyways, let's get through the first round. First round, I had to, gave it to Fundora. Um, he was actually using his distance. Doing, he was actually keeping his distance in the first two, three rounds. So the first round I wrote, he's actually using his range, which is rare for him. Um, round two, but oh yeah, that's the other thing. There was a lot of close rounds in this fight. How many? One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I marked nine rounds as close rounds. Now, most of the time, now that my definition of a close round is either way. In this case, even though they were a lot, a lot of, it was still like leaning more towards Fundora, the most of the close rounds either to Ocampo, but the, 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 you know, even though, like I said, my definition of a close round is that, is that it could have, even though these were close rounds, they, they still were leaning a little bit more towards Fundora. They weren't exactly just went either way. Anyways, round two, um, I gave to Fundora, marked it as, oh, it was landing some sh shots, but but um, Fundora was doing his thing. Round three gave to Fundora. Um, okay, again, Ocampo, what's his name, right? O was landing some shots, but the distance punching from, 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 from Fundora, <laughs> the distance punching from Fundora was more, and they're just from a distance at its full extension. So, you know, to the judges, it just of uh, the, of um, of Fundora's punching landing, round four, I and I actually gave that round to Ocampo. It was the first one I gave to him. Uh, um, his body work. Uh, um, again, as as a coach, you're going to coach your your shorter boxer to go to the body. Again, the fourth round, Ocampo started to do that. Round number five, I gave to Fund close round. I thought it was clear for Fundora. For this is where this is where Fundora went back to where he's on the inside. After those four first four rounds, he's like, you know, forget about this. Let me go right on the inside. Um, and so he did that. So he, I thought he won that round clear. Again, look at this picture right here. Like when he's at his distance, when he lands punches from a distance, it's so obvious and clear to to anyone watching watching the fight. It's specific. That you're trying to make make your punches clear clearly landing too. Um, 
So he just landed more punches from a distance, but he chooses to fight on the inside. Anyways, number six, I also I marked it as a close round. Gave it to Fundora. I know for round six was Ocampo is landing some shots, but he's also taking some big shots. And his corner to win. What kind of question is that for a corner to ask your boxer? You're in the middle of a match, and you're going to ask your That's not, not exactly a, a, a confidence booster coming from the corner. Bad, which they weren't. Well, sorry. I just said he was taking taking some. It wasn't just like, like one-sided punishment. He was doing his thing, too. That's why I marked it as a close one. But as a coach, as a corner. You're not supposed to ask your boxer, do you want he's in there in the first place? You know, uh, um, you want to give specific. If things aren't going the way you want to as the coach, give specific instructions on how to One or two things. You only get 60 seconds in between rounds, so you're not going to give him a big speech. But one or two adjustments to make to try to turn the fight around. I'll just simply ask him, do you want to win? Like, kind of... Anyways, that got me a little bit frustrated. Um, round seven, I didn't mark any notes. I didn't uh, mark any notes for round seven. I marked it as a close round. I gave that round to Ocampo. Um, Ocampo is fighting back, but he's <laughs> he's taking punishment. Same same notes that I had for you know. Uh, like right here, like Ocampo was going to the body. In this picture, it looks like both shots, both punches, both punches kind of, both boxers missed their punch. Thing here, Ocampo going to the body and um, and Mr. Fundora from a distance. Uh, uh, yeah, man. So, so even though Ocampo was doing his thing, um, which is what you don't want to do, especially in a close fight. Round nine. I didn't have any more notes for from round nine to twelve, but I can tell you, and they're all from round nine, ten, eleven, twelve, including number eight, twelve. I marked as close rounds. I marked all those as close rounds. Gave to uh, Fundora. Round ten. I gave to o uh, uh, and round. 11 and 12, I gave to funds how I came to my final scorecard of 117 to 111 for Mr. Fun. All right, where's the comments at? No comments today? Where's everybody at? Where's everybody at? So, where does uh, um, the Towering Inferno go from here? At In his last outing versus Erickson Lubin, a very important impressive win for the towering inferno he looked like after that last trouble getting fights because he is what you would consider but low reward because he doesn't have any belts yet and um he's still on his way up he's not making like like crazy he's making good money you know um, he's still making good money but not enough for to, to you know for one of the champions um not yet not yet not not yet and that reminds me sorry shout out to shout out to 
shout out to my boy Randy, who was also scoring the fights. So shout out to my boy Mike and OJ. Big boxing heads. OJ came up with the idea 10 prospect list. A top, top 10 prospect list. And then six months from the date that we make it, we're going to, you know, go look and see see their progress and then even there. So look for that soon coming on the Talking Fight channel. The top 10. Uh, all right, back to back to the fight. So speaking of prospects, I consider Fundora still a pro a highly skilled and 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 um forced to be as I was saying before, he's he's a high risk and low reward because of how good he um this last night though someone made an observation that he, because he did you know he did get dropped in the Lubin fight and even last night even though he you know he won convincing you know Ocampo showed that you, you can you can get to him if you if you really focus on it right you can find or if you really focus on it and you, you got to try to in between getting to him so with that being said because actually got touched up a little bit extra some of the other contenders at 154 pounds the confidence that they can you know not only touch him but actually hurt him and stop him uh be interesting to see his next move from mr fundora uh again you know it, it at close quarters you would think that ocampo would have he was you see by the blood on his face here he was taking some shots Shots. He was doing his thing on the inside, but still hellacious shots. So that's a new word that some of the commentators use. Hellacious, hellacious punches. Anyways, um, before, there was a fight right before in the co-main event. Shout out to my boy Randy, my attention. Um, Adamus versus Mont. TL. That was also at 154 pounds. Adamus looked very, very good. And Randy, it makes sense. Randy said that that might be the, the next one up. Adamus. And that would be a good step up for both guys. You know, they're both on their way up. Both uh, both prospects. So, yeah, yeah. Adamus. Adamus versus Fun. Looks like it. Because Adamus took care of Montiel last night. Once again, another picture here of uh, of uh, added these pictures right here, just to show the towering in front of his reach. Look, his box is almost out of the screen when 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 uh, when Fondor full of range. I believe he has a, an eighty inch an eighty inch reach. When he uses it, at, how are you supposed to get to that? Like you see the other boxer throwing a jab, but it's it's it's. It Looks like I remember that fight. It was really, it's really, really coming up short. Um, a serious problem to deal with, man. Here's another punch too. This this is his cross. This is not even his jab. It's straight left. Again, look at the distance he's landing it from. This almost, almost out of the screen, and just his whole, whole arm is in it. Like both boxers are almost out of the screen. Doors 80 inch, 80 inch long reach out like that so i just these from last, last night's fight but i i just wanted to put those in there just to show 
um, you know, how much of a problem it is to deal with. But once again, he chooses and prefers to fight. He chooses to, to fight on the inside. Interesting, man. I don't know. He, he, he says, you know, after the fight, when they're in the ring talking on the the, the the big names, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, of course, Fandora called out the guy at 154, the undisputed champion, Jamel Charlo. Interesting. Um, Jamel Charlo. Jamel Charlo is, is uh, tossing, like, clearly top 10 in all of boxing, maybe closer to 10. Um, at 154 pounds, and he won them very convincingly of, of Charlo. Um, he's a very good contender. He's not just a belt holder, like he's, and he's a very, very, very good champion. I think, think Fandor one or two tests before he takes on uh, the, uh, um, perhaps. Well, I was gonna say Lou. I mean, he already he already messed up Lou in, in uh, um but again I said mentioned Adamus. Who else? Who else? Why is man? Give me give me some suggestions here. Who should Fandora take on next? This is gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be interesting. And what's also interesting is he's only twenty two. Let me double check how how old uh, Fandora is. Looking at. Box record 24 years old, which means he still has room to, to, to grow, <laughs> which means he still has room to grow. Shout out to the shout out to people texting me right now and getting me distracted during the show. Uh, so at 24 years old, he still has room to get be interesting to see if Fandora stays at 154 pounds or if eventually you know 28 29 years old um, when your body starts to get a little bit harder to get off if he decides to move up to 160 pounds and take on and take on the challenges there that would be very interesting that'd be I mean they're a little bit taller no because even Fighters don't really get start to get taller. Seventy five. Yeah, till about one. Yeah, one sixty eight, one seventy five. You get the taller guys like like uh, 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 like, like um, Bivol, the guy that that just beat Canelo, Bivol and um, Zerto Ramirez. So the tall guys, you know, that height, a light heavyweight. But again, there's no one even close. Like I don't even know how you find. Sparring fighting this guy, Sebastian Fandora. Like how how <laughs> you're gonna fight? Have to find tall guys. Obviously, there's there's a lot of tall guys out there, but not light. So you're gonna have to fight heavier guys. Um, to get used to that distance, but you have to fight heavier guys that weigh a lot more than you. So to know how Ocampo or anybody gets gets their Sparring ready to fight Fundora. That that to chess match. You know, as a, as a coach, you look at boxing as a as a chess match and how we're gonna break down break down the opponent. So that that is that is a very uh, that coaches have to 
deal with six foot five, 154 pounds, 80 inches. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Ocampo, go from here. Um, again, he's only, let's go to his box record real quick. Machema, anybody find out what that nickname means? See, anyways, Mr. Ocampo, um, 34 wins, 22 nuts. He is 26 years old. So, yeah, man, he still has a, he still has a, a, a good career. He wants to stay at 154 or go back down to 147. Because I think when he fought, fought Earl Spence, a couple of them, but again, I just mentioned that was a couple, couple of years ago, back in like 2008, 26 now. So, yeah, so he's probably like 22, 20, 23. And like I said, when you get into your late 20s, as a fighter that's, that's used to cutting weight all 20s, that's when the weight gets a little bit harder to, to come off and you this is the weight where we're going to stay at so, so stop trying to make me cut more so six right now he's probably going to stay at 154 54 and you know he, he, judging by his performance last night he should have some be able to get in the ring in there with some with some contenders um not sure about but uh, um, he definitely would have to earn his shot. Like if he took on match uh, uh, Lubin versus Ocampo, how about that one? Two guys that are two um, two guys coming off of two loss. Yeah, coming off of a loss, but a challenging loss. It, an L is. Is a L. A loss is a loss, which I remind my boss a loss. But in the professional game, the L, especially financially, um, so you want to get, get a good win to get you back in that win cost. So how about Erickson Lubin versus Carl? I think that would be a very interesting fight. Uh, both guys have a call in uh in fundora both guys hurt for lubin actually dropped remember like see the, the thing about that that lubin fight with uh he uh you can keep those slides going yeah keep the slides going keep keep them turning um the, in the erickson lubin fight is this the lubin fight right here no it's not the lubin fight lubin took a lot of punishment but he 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 landed some good shots against Flora. I forget what round it was. It might have been six or seven. It was in the middle. One of the middle. He dropped. Erickson Lubin dropped Fandora, and Fandora was visibly hurt too. It wasn't just like it went. He got up right away, but he was visibly hurt. Um. So he showed that he has a good. Lubin is a hard puncher. He showed Fandora. Showed that he has a good chin by by getting dropped, showing that he was visibly hurt, but still fighting back and, and winning. I think the corner, yeah, the corner, doing the towel. Um, I I'm, I'm gonna call it right now, Lubin versus Ocampo, and then I know every you know again after the match, every every fighter 
when they get to the mic to start talking, especially after you win. And so, of course, he was calling out Charlo. Hey, if you, I'm not sure if his, if his promoters or coaches, which is his dad, that fight immediately. Like I said, I would suggest maybe just one tough contender, tough contender matches. Just he's twenty and zero right now, undefeated with twenty wins, thirteen knockouts, which is only about the sixty-one percent knockout ratio for Fundora, a high knockout percentage. But you know, if you don't have a lot of not gives your opponents a little bit more confidence that they can come after you more because there's not much danger that they have. To, uh, but be careful <laughs> again, be careful thinking that you're gonna walk, walk in ring Inferno's inside and think that's gonna be your comfortable place because he loves being on the inside. This guy's gonna be problems. This guy's gonna be problems for anybody, really. Anybody, because as I said at the beginning. He defies the rules of how you're supposed to fight. Just completely defies them. Good. We're still good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Fundora is good at his distance. Very good at his distance by some of those picks that I put up, but he prefers to fight on the inside. Um... And I believe that is it. There was one more match. The 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 one right before the the co-main event, Martinez and Ancajas. Um, Argentina versus the Philippines. That was a rematch between them two little guys. And I'm mad at myself because I only turned it on and at the beginning of the fourth round, so I didn't score that one. But I wish I did. Whatever you just did fixed your mic. Oh, thank you, Mr. Barrington. Eddie Barrington, what up, what up, good morning. What else, you got any comments or anything about the fights last night, Eddie? That was, thank you for, for letting me know that my mic is good. Um, I don't know what I did. Someone called me, and I just declined the call, and I guess that fixed my mic. <laughs> um, yo, we're on point. You were on point. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Real quick, what do you see next for uh, for Fundora? Who do you who do you want to see him fight next? I know he's calling out Charlo, um, but like I said, at twenty and zero, at he only has twenty fights with only thirteen knockouts. I would suggest you know one or two more tough matches to you know just to test himself and really try to get a stoppage because um, he beat the crap out of Lubin last time. It was it was a tough war for him too. So if he can really if he can do the same thing that he did to Lubin without without um, without himself taking taking some shots, then I would say yeah he's ready he's ready for Charlo now or at least to test himself against Charlo. He says he's been ready for Charlo. Yeah, I know. I but like I said, every you know after a fight after a win when you're talking on the microphone, everyone has that extra air of confidence, right? Uh, everyone has that extra air of confidence when you're talking on the mic after, right after you win. Um, so everyone, everyone calls out the the champions. Um, you know, again after after you win because you're just so high off your confidence. Um, so you know what? Since he's been calling him, all right, give it to him, man. Give it to him. 
give it to him and we'll see if he's actually ready for that test. Um, just off the top of my head, I'm assuming there's going to be a rematch clause when they have that fight with well, most of the champions have a rematch clause in their matches, specifically, specifically with Charlo, because Charlo, he, he actually does better in his rematches. When he fought Tony Harrison, I thought Tony Harrison, um, won the first match and I actually thought Tony Harrison was winning, was winning the second match too until Charlo caught him late. And, and that's what Charlo does, man. He, he, you know, he, he, he's more of a, he's a, obviously a boxer, but he's more of a, a, a um, he's call it like a, of, for a lack of a better term, a violent, aggressive street fighter with boxing skills because, and he's a great finisher because once he touches you, like if Charlo hurts you, it's very hard to get to, to weather that storm. Some guys can hurt you and, you know, you can still kind of move your head, move around a little bit, tie him up a little bit to try to, you know, at least make it to the end of the round and recover during that one minute break. But when Charlo, when he, when he hurts you, he's one of the best finishers in all of boxing. Cause once he hurts you, like there's, you know, I, maybe someone can correct me. Anytime he hurts someone, like he finishes them off. The only problem is getting to, to the hurting part. <laughs> um, as I said, in, even in the, in the rematch with Tony Harrison, I had Tony Harrison winning up until that moment, up until that moment. Uh, Charlo was winning a couple of, couple of rounds in there too, but I thought, I thought, um, I thought uh, Harrison was doing his thing. So with that being said, now that I, you know, just thinking of it off the top of my head right now, it would be very interesting for the six foot five and a half, 154 pound Fundora to take on the undisputed champion Jamel Charlo at 154 pounds. That would be very interesting. That would be very interesting because Charlo hits hard, man. So the punches, the punches that Ocampo was landing last night, and I also mentioned how Lubin landed dropped dropped Fandora in their fight and landed some good shots too. So Fandora man as as good as he as good as he passes the eye test for his offense his defense is a little bit suspect. Just a little bit suspect. Not bad. Not bad to where it's like concerning. But it is a little bit suspect. So you know just thinking about um Fandora versus um versus Charlo Hmm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Charlo late stoppage. I would go with Charlo like eighth or ninth round stoppage. And up until that time, it would be almost a draw as far as the scorecards. That's what I think. It would probably be a draw or or Fundora would be up by one or two rounds, and then Charlo would would catch him with something a left hook catch him with a left hook in the eighth or ninth round and then and then finish him off then that is my official prediction for a fight that hasn't even been scheduled yet <laughs> but it will if fandora continues on his path the way he's looking right now and and charlo stays undisputed undefeated undisputed not undefeated because he lost but he reclaimed his belts and is clearly undisputed um Hopefully that fight happens, and uh, hopefully I'm right in my predictions.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. There you have it. Oh, I forgot to say it at the beginning. Of course, I'm here every Sunday, most Sundays. There's a good fight on. Uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. If you can't catch the show live, you can catch it. Catch the replay on any on any podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a lot available there. Of course, we're the number one boxing channel on YouTube. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, share, subscribe. We got new content every day. Talk and Fight channel has different shows, not just the same people. You know, most, see, that's the difference between the Talk and Fight channel, YouTube channel. Most YouTube boxing channels have, you know, the same people, same two hosts, same three or four hosts talking all the time, just giving their regular opinion. But what makes the Talk and Fight channel different is that we have, like, I don't know how many shows. There's double-digit amount of shows um, with different people, different personalities, different perspectives. Um, so you're not, you know, you're getting, you're getting it from all angles. You, you can get a, a history, some history lessons or from the history up until current times only on talk and fight channel. Um, of course you can find me on any social media at Cedric sports. My YouTube channel is Cedric sports training and yeah, hit me up with any constructive criticism, any questions you have, um, past couple of weeks a few people have been have been asking to do asking me to do a live fight chat uh i might do that in the next couple of weeks we'll see the next the next semi semi big fight because the big fights i go to my boy's house to watch them and there's too much noise too much people talking <laughs> so we can't do a live fight chat because it'd be too too noisy but um we'll see one of the lower level ones where we can really focus and, and concentrate on it uh, maybe i'll do that for, for the live fight chat all right like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Hit me up at Cedric Sports on any social media. All right. Peace.